welcome to Above the Fog. The uh, you're gonna do do the audio there, or nice. I got I got one too. Previously, a country crone farms, which uh, didn't have anything to do with running, and I guess above the fog uh, doesn't have any direct correlation to running, but we changed the name uh, just to uh, change things up. Uh, I was running the other day, and I took a picture above the fog, and I was sharing it with my, uh, my family. And my mom said, oh, above the fog. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool name. And then um, John Bertan here uh, also takes a lot of great photos. And he has some good shots above the fog. Uh, it's a good metaphor for whatever. Uh, but we are here on, what is it, August 31st, 2022 at 9 p.m., uh, 9.06 p.m. Uh, to talk about the Santa Rosa full marathon, which took place, uh, was that August 28th, uh, at 6 30 AM. That's a Sunday, a couple days ago. And John did it. Uh, also, uh, another running friend of ours, uh, Max did it. Uh, oh, we should saw, have had Max here. I, yes, we should have invited Max. And I saw Greg King. He runs on Tamalpa. Um, uh, who else? I, I, um, I know Churchill? Mariah Buckley, uh, Mary Churchill. Yeah, Mary um, Churchill. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people did it. So um, it was bigger than I thought it would be. It was bigger than the first time I had done that marathon, which was way back in 2010 or 2011. I don't remember. I think it was whatever it was. It was the first year they had a full marathon, and it was a different course. So it was two laps along a creek path. So two half marathons that were and the laps were slightly different. And the first year they did it, I don't know what the controversy was. Maybe it was too much trail, but it wasn't actually a Boston qualifier course. Oh, maybe, oh well, probably wasn't certified. They have to have like a special certification. Or... Got to run the wheel that's correlated to the some, calibrated some, bar or something yeah, like that. Some, something you have to uh, have a. A guy with a special hat and a mustache that does it. Uh, um, yeah, I did the Santa Rosa half, and it was on the creek. That was like uh, – I also did the Santa Rosa 10K because I, I did that actually with my mom and my older brother, Jeff. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, that was a while ago. That was like four or five years ago. But uh, Wow. I'm pulling up the results from the Santa Rosa Marathon 2010. And yep. uh, I'm seeing the re I'm seeing some people in there that I know that I actually didn't know were running the race that year. Wow, that's that's funny. Was uh, uh was what like Victor Ballesteros or who who who's the no. name? No. Okay, so in the 2010 Santa Rosa Marathon, which may or may not have been the first, there were a total of 184 finishers. Uh. The breakdown, which I think was probably flipped from this for the half marathon, there were uh, 62 females, 122 males. The winner, um, Ian Sharman, ultra runner extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. He ran at 235 in first place. Western States guy, right? 
Yeah, in second place behind him, uh, I don't know who he is. Robert Leonardo ran a 2:45, so 10 minute gap. Um, that year, I ran seventh place. Uh, nice. I ran 3:08. And that's a seventh place. Wow, that was a seventh place. That's how small that race was. And then um, in tenth place on this results list is Franz Vandergroen, who now goes by Des Vandergroen. Um, was a 311. Wow, I didn't realize. I didn't know him then. And he was uh, right behind me. Wow. So it's funny. Well, that was a long time ago. That was 12 years, yeah, ago. 12 so, years ago. So, so what are the biggest things that have changed in your running in 12 years? Wow, that's a, that's a deep question. Yeah. <laughs> the age groups uh i have a lot more uh i don't want to experience is uh doesn't necessarily mean it's good experience or bad experience it's just a thing i ran my first 50 mile race in 2009 and i don't even know how many 50 mile races i've run since then so let's say a decade of ultra running 100 milers and everything between marathon and now just so yeah so so when did you yeah this is this is kind of interesting stuff because like it goes way back like when did you start the ultra odyssey um because you've done a lot of them and Um, did it did it ramp up like within a year or was it like 50k 50 mile 100k 100 mile or did you just go like 50k 100 mile or what was your what was your first dive into the 100 mile? That was 2011. And in, I ran my first marathon in 2005. And from 2005 to 2009, I would run maybe an average of one or two a year. And I, I came from the triathlon world. Um, I also did my first and only iron distance triathlon in 2005 and then it was 2009 that summer i had been introduced to the the long distance trail world so i i signed up for a 50 miler in the fall of 2009 and so i went directly from marathon to 50 mile and it was a road 50 mile and it was it was a good experience. It was actually, it was one of those things where I had read about people's 50 mile experiences. Would you um, do it the same way? Like it, 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 the me then? Yes. The me now, that's a good question. I was a different runner then. I, I, my form was different. I had a different approach to training. I was in a different place in life. So that's, there's so many, so many external variables that are part of that. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my ultra sign up history i have in ultra sign up i have uh, 78 races uh wow i don't know how many are 50k 100k 100 mile 50 mile um but the the routine since 2010 has been a race of 50k or longer roughly every two months and i've pretty much stuck to that that rhythm uh, for over a decade now. Awesome. 
So yeah, I, what, I'm the uh, original question was, how have I changed as a runner? Yeah, how have you how have you changed? Like, um, I guess what well, not not what well, how has your speed changed? Because obviously, as you get older, most people will change their their speed over distance, but we change. So, so I was, I was thinking like how we change, that's how we change as a person. Right. So like we change from competitive versus, um, you know, running, running for different reasons, I guess. I, I think the answer to that and also, um, beginning, I guess, of how my race on Sunday went when I was younger over 10 years ago, I would I would always gravitate towards things that were speed workouts. I was running a lot more 5 and 10Ks on a regular basis as well, not with any direction or goals, just, oh, let's go run the local Dolphin South End 5K or 10K that's happening on a Sunday morning, pay $3 or whatever it was, go run the race. So I was doing a lot more speed, uh, high intensity, but short. And... In my own training at the the beginning, I guess, of when I started Ultras, it was easier for me to rally to complete a speed workout or a shorter interval workout than to get my gear and food and all of that together to do a long run. Whereas now, more of my, more of what I gravitate towards is I'll just go out for three hours today at an easy pace instead of doing a short 45 minute track workout at a much higher intensity. I think that maybe that's part of getting older. Maybe that's because I was training for a lot of long races and realized I just got to keep going longer in my own training, more time on feet instead of focusing on speed. And so I definitely felt that on, on Sunday coming back to the, the Santa Rosa marathon. I wish I had, a Strava record of what my my first time was there, but I only have uh, the more the more recent one. That'd be a good comparison. So twenty, well, twelve years ago, yeah, that's that's probably just before we started wearing these these giant watches. I think it was like two thousand eleven. At least for me, was the first time. Uh, I I was a member of Strava two thousand eleven, and I started uploading gps and i was like member 5000 something i was um, somewhere in there too i think because that's where my i can go back to my strava account and see yeah go look at your profile and see, see your number and it's like if you if you look at like a an, a shared um workout it will i think it has your profile number on there but uh yeah i think that's just outside because like if you're at 12 years I mean, I don't know when you started wearing a GPS watch, but it was really clunky. Yeah. My, my first recorded entry into Strava is on March 13th, 2011. Whoa. That's yeah. really early. Let's see and what mine is. That's that's interesting. So how do you know what your, your Strava number is? I see athlete slash something. There's a number there. I wasn't um, aware. Is that your athlete number in terms of when you've 
so you go to yourself and it says like strava.com athletes and i'm 5262 you see that so if you're logged on to strava just do strava.com so that is your that's your your joining your number that's your number and it's just a sequential number yeah you have a very very small number because i i had you must have joined earlier as a cyclist Yes, I, I joined in 2011, so my number is uh, it's in the it's close to 500,000, 476, 390. Okay, but you could have also uploaded data you had into Strava, you know, to get it all in there. Um, to and that's what I'm doing actually with Koros. No, that's a I, good question. I may have that may have been what happened. I, I just can't remember. I know I got so, my first Garmin in uh, early 2011. So, so, so if you're a runner, you're listening, and you have a Koros, uh, which I just got a Koros watch, and that was the problem. All my data was in the Garmin world. Part, some of it's uploaded to Strava, and then I have Koros that's uploaded to Strava. But I wanted everything in the Koros world because they have other metrics in the Koros. So I did a data download, and it had like... Um, um. I want to say they had 13,000 files, but they weren't all runs. It was like 13,000 individual files from Garmin that I imported over to Koros that I had to do like, I don't know, 25 megabytes at a time. It was a lot of data because it would they it just couldn't handle it. But anyway, totally getting off topic. Um, what was your, um, was there a pacer? Was was there a pace run in there, Santa Rosa? There were pace groups starting at the the first pace group was a three hour pace group, and that was my plan. Just stay with the three hour pace group, though I think the pacer for three hours didn't finish in three hours because our friend Uh-oh. Max ran a three o two, and he Uh-oh. was well ahead of the three hour pacer. <laughs> so CIM twenty nineteen, I think. Um, there was the worst pacer I've ever been around. He was like some elite guy. I don't know. He was like a 230, 235 guy. And he was yo-yoing so much. And the worst thing is he was talking to everybody and playing music on his phone and having phone calls. I'm not making this up while we're running and we're trying to do a sub three hour. So we're not going that slow, but yeah, like, there's it's good to be a strong pacer where you can keep the pace but this guy he had to drop it down to a six like 10 620 mile the last mile to get us under three and so he dropped everybody because he was mr yo-yo <laughs> so he would he would do like a 610 mile then he'd do like a 650 mile then he'd, that, then he'd like <laughs> that is horrible and I, w- I wanted to punch the guy not not <laughs> not not a good race plan for running a uh, a goal race time i have to say our pacer actually i for the time that i was with the pacer he was very consistent and i'm looking at my my race splits and everything up definitely everything up through the half hour or the half marathon mark we were effectively i mean i'm looking at the the pace it's like First mile was 656, second was 647. And I'm going to give, there's probably a plus or minus 
three seconds at least for every mile in terms of GPS accuracy and stuff like that. And so let's just say every mile was really close to 650, give or take a couple seconds, all the way through mile 13. I hit the half marathon sign at 129.59. That's, oh, that's too close. <laughs> and, and so that's the thing is, I anytime I go out and run this pace, which is the, the three-hour pace, 652, for 10 miles, for 13 miles, if it's a flat course, especially if it's cool, I can do that any day because my legs still have uh, a decent amount of speed. If you get me on a track and say, go run close to a five minute mile, even when I'm feeling crappy, that's just, I know that's where my, my legs are. And I've done that many times at those are our, our local Tomalpa track meets uh, in the evening at the end of a long day. It's when you, the, the 13 to 18 mile stretch is a combination of that's where my body feels it. And that's where my brain is trying to stay focused on that. And I'm looking at my pace chart and at mile 18, here's where my pace drops precipitously. Oh, oh yeah. Quite amazing. And I was just like, oh, it's okay, that 30K so... mark. It's at two hours. I'm When my body goes for two hours at a certain heart rate and a certain pace, then it says, okay, you've, you've, you've done enough. And then what's interesting is your heart rate is your heart rate's yeah. higher at mile. So I wouldn't like mile, trust mile my heart rate data. To, okay. Because my watch, it, it's coming from a sensor on my Samsung watch and it's not the most accurate. And even okay. when I'm just sitting at home, it, it could depend on how, how clean is the sensor. So mm -hmm. I actually I don't trust the sensor, especially the sweatier I get. I feel it's going to be more inaccurate because okay, I'm looking so let's, at parts okay. of this where my heart rate is lower. I'm like, my heart was definitely not lower at that point, but my okay, I was let's, sweaty at that point. Let's remove the heart rate from this uh, screen that we're looking at right now. What was your well, your start and your pace is perfect. I mean, you're you had actually a 6:56 first mile, so you didn't go out too fast. No. And 6:47 is it 6:51 is three hour is that? Uh, 6:52 is a three hour pace. So okay, so 6:52 you're right you're right there. 6:47, 6:44, 6:49, 6:49, 6:47. So you're like right around the pacer guy. And then let's what did you eat before the race? And what did I, you eat while re running? I had a banana and two two toaster waffles um, perfect ego i don't know what their brand they were um some orange juice and some coffee i didn't have any stomach issues for this race these are things i eat before <laughs> sometimes during some races of course um and i brought goose exclusively i i only brought goose and salt i didn't bring a water bottle because they had water stops every two and a half mm -hmm. miles that's plenty I didn't have a phone. I didn't even take sunglasses because we were not above the fog. We were in the fog. The conditions were absolutely perfect. Um, I couldn't have asked for better weather conditions, especially for August in wine country. The it sun is a funny looking. Out. Yeah, yeah the, the course. Uh, sorry, John. The course I'm looking at the has some out and back things. Does that like throw you it, off? It has some weird out and back things. Um, 
it does those don't throw me off because we didn't have to do them on the return they were only in the way out and that's okay. cool with me if you if you have to go do an out and back again on a return you're like oh god i have to do this little out and back again one of them was so we could run through the barrel room of a winery <laughs> and when you come out the other side it wasn't a water stop it was it was a glasses of chardonnay uh and I was very responsible in many other races. I would have been sure. Uh, this time, no, I, I always said, no, thanks. I will wait till after. Oh, you skipped it. You skipped it. I, I did not take the Chardonnay. I was trying to be very responsible. And I think Whoa. that was like at mile 10 or I 11. I don't know if that was the right choice. Yeah. And may, maybe not in retrospect. <laughs> the the thing here, it's I don't know if it's more of a self-fulfilling prophecy because my own mental approach to road marathons or my where my brain goes is I have this I tell myself like yeah 30k two hours in everything's gonna get stiff and I have to say like when I'm running the the pace the starting pace that was that was almost within a conversation pace for me I was running with Max and our pace group and I could carry on a conversation running at that at that pace because that's not like running a 5k pace I would go for. So it feels easy at the start. And the after the 30k mark, that last hour, what it was not, it wasn't a heart rate, it wasn't a respiratory rate, it wasn't the anaerobic thing. What I definitely felt, and this is where I feel maybe this is part age, maybe this is just part I have to do more with my body um, in terms of body servicing is my hips really tightened up, hips, glutes, um, not so much my hamstrings this time. So back in March, I did Napa Marathon, and the last eight miles of that were rough. And it was I was a couple minutes slower, um, so it wasn't that much different in terms of overall time, but it felt different. This race, I didn't feel like things were just, they, were, they weren't really falling apart. I just felt my legs just, they were... A little heavier it's like gravity was turned up maybe slightly. maybe it was too flat because i remember doing the um was it the kaiser half and like i was it was a really fast race kaiser half you know and like it was just so flat there was like no variety like i, I mean it's a road marathon but like there's nothing well <laughs> and i was and not having any any uh, very variation is hard I was trying to train for that, especially last month. My summer progression, like my my running diet in the last six, seven years has been a lot of hills. And this was the first year I had done road marathons since 2016. Hills have been, I, I love going up, I love going down. And so even on this race course, when there were the, the few rollers and small hills there were, all of a sudden, my body was in, oh, this is hill. I can do this. And it was everybody else around me slowed down, and I just kept kind of going the same pace. And same with the downhills, even. So maybe there is something to that, that it was too much flat, which means maybe I got to train more flat. Um, the, the other part of that was beginning of summer, I started with a really hilly, a really mountainous 50K, the uh, Broken Arrow, which gave me 10,000 feet of climbing over the course of 30 miles. I toned it down a month later into um, uh, in July, about a month before this race, with a 50K at North Star, 
which was still somewhat hilly, but it was much more runnable. But you still had like Sierra Trail and rocks and boulders to navigate. And then I did a part trail, part road half marathon that still had, I want to say it had like 1,500 feet of climbing. So there were some pretty big climbs in the my previous race before this. And that, so I was trying to flatten out the race courses and then in my training, do a lot of road. So I was running a lot on the Richmond Bridge bike path, which has some rollers, but it's a pretty flat out and back route, um, save for one mile section of it. So I was trying to a condition myself for the pavement, which actually I think I'm really well conditioned for. I've run a lot of pavement in the last two months. The hills can get into flat. Maybe it is the flats. I think it's still just transitioning my body out of like over half a more than half a decade of a lot of trails and steep hills back into road running. Being older is uh, maybe part of it and not relying on so much the speed in my training, but more on the endurance. After the race, you, you mentioned something about racing where when you come across the finish line, you shouldn't feel like, oh, I have more once you stop the race. I definitely did not have more once I stopped that race. Um, I was walking around with Max and then waiting for uh, other friends of ours, Mariah and Mary, to finish. And bending down was just to tie shoes or pick up something <laughs> was kind of a joke. That, that was not going to happen. And so def definitely things were pretty stiff. But and, and as expected, I was like, this is how I should feel. I put everything I had for that day out in the course, mostly evenly distributed, save for the last third. Um, but the recovery, the next day I was sore and a little stiff, but I still had cross-country practice with my high school runners. So I did a four-mile quote run. I ran two miles, walked one mile, and then ran the fourth mile, and I felt okay. I didn't have any tweaks. Um, my co-coaches were asking, hmm. how do you feel? And I said, I actually feel pretty good. I feel as I should, but symmetrically sore, which I think that is my indicator to me that the stuff I've been doing the last couple of months in terms of making sure I'm using a Theragun at least every other evening on my hips and my glutes and hamstrings, quads, my foam rolling, uh, a core workout routine I have for myself, that that's doing something because the recovery was like, I still feel little hints of it, but I was out running today with my cross country runners. So this is, I took yesterday off, um, but I feel, I still feel okay. Great. Sounds, sounds like a good race. I mean, um, I think there's just people that are like, cause you crush me. Uh, you would crush me at like, um, well, maybe that's the wrong term to say, but whatever. Uh, like a 50K or, you know, uh, the quad. I don't um, know about that because you, you, you have speed and you can, you can endure. I think the only thing, because your, your times are pretty comparable to all times I've run, I think you probably have a faster even 5k uh pr because you, you ran in high school i did not um yeah your marathon pr i think is the same as mine you ran a 256 
Is that your oh, earlier 256. Year? Yeah, that was, and that, that was that just was, last year. Yeah. And that was what I ran six years ago. Um, but wasn't, weren't you 252 or something at LA? I thought you had a really fast 256, LA. but I had, I had 50 seconds in a porta potty at the half marathon mark. Oh, actually okay. that counts for the race. And if I didn't do that, the race would have been slower. So that was a necessary stop. The, the thing is, I think the only thing, the only thing that I have on you say on a trail 50 K is I just have more of them under my belt, more of them than my feet, but that's really just, I've, I've had some well, you're, bad you're, races that I can draw from. You're very good with hills. You're you're very good with heat. Uh, yeah, you've done you've done a lot more. I have like nine on my ultra sign up. You have like what sixty something? Uh, or what did you say seventy? I don't I don't remember. Yeah, it's not, it's not a competition. They put but but I'm I'm like scratching my head because it's like well John is such a better runner than I am. Why, why is he not um, just like killing these this uh, Santa Rosa uh, full? But they're different races. They're totally different things. Totally um, different. I, I wonder, and everybody is a data point of, you know, one. But within your own self, your only data points are your races and your training. And they tell a story, but it's it's hard to interpret what that story is often. I I don't know if like I don't I, I'm a glorified weekend warrior maybe because running is not my career. Oh, I, oh I, we got I we got something important to talk about. It's not running, but it's running is part of my life. Uh, what, what what is important to talk about? <laughs> you're you're what are you doing this weekend? What are you are you, are you doing the forty? Uh, I'm still planning on running 40 miles on Sunday for my 40th birthday. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna not be in town, but it's supposed to be hot, and I'm just thinking, okay, where can I do this? It's gonna be myself. So freaking hot. It's gonna be like 100 100 degrees. <laughs> you could. Um, I would I start at like 4 a.m. I would oh, start geez. really early. I wasn't saving myself in this race. Like part of me was thinking in this race. Like, do I need to save anything for Sunday? I'm actually trying to find ways to, maybe I'm trying to find ways to not do it. So there were no thoughts actually other than I, I would listen to my body this week and see, well, is that is that in my legs and feet to put 40 miles in them the following weekend? Um, that was, I was thinking during the race, are you, are you go as hard as you can today and don't think about next weekend. So that was that was not really a consideration. The the course that you shared with me um, a couple of weeks ago, are you planning that course with the, all the elevation up to Tam and? Um... Tentatively, because I the hills help me break up a long run. It's nice to have an excuse to power hike. Yeah, you need you need to have a strategic water and, and or or somebody to support. Yeah, uh, I'll be carrying a tricky. lot, but that's that's part of that. So, you know, 20 miles in, I will be passing some water fountains, and yeah, there there are water fountains along the way. Yeah, you know, if it's just like easy going, conversational, it's not hard to do that. It's just, as long as it's not you're not pushing it, you keep that uh, the heart rate down. And and that's and maybe that's I don't know if that puts up some 
mental expectations for me. Whereas, so it's funny seeing people in a marathon and they're going out there and it's, they have um, a goal to finish a marathon. Is it something I can do? And maybe they've done one or two or none. And even this race, as soon as I got to mile 20, we were back on the course with the half marathoners um, who were finishing. The, the half marathon started an hour later. So I was coming up on three hours at that point, but the half marathoners were coming up on two hours. So you're looking at roughly the two to two and a half hour finishers for the half marathon. And, you know, they're, they're facing the same battles anyways out there. Let's keep going on this distance. Let's make sure I've done my training. Let's make sure I'm fueling up properly. But what was interesting there, I was thinking about, okay, so these people have set up certain expectations or goals and they're like, they just want to maybe finish or they have a goal time and they know their speeds. Because of all the races I've done, I really just wonder, have I just trained in my brain already an expectation of what I can do and what to expect. For example, the everything's going to stiffen up at 30K or two hours in. I already know that I can do 26 miles on my feet most days unless I'm sick or something like that, even though you know, I've probably done it before when I was sick. That That's not that's never a question for me. Is like, am I going to finish this 26 miles for the routes that I choose to go? Um, the question with the marathon and the goal is, can I finish this race in the goal time? And that's that's a different place to be. And I've been in other races, like, you know, showing up to 100-mile races, like, you always respect that distance. Am I going to finish today? And sometimes the answer is is no. Whereas the marathon distance, I'm still the question in my head never is, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, um, am I going to finish today? And so when you're asking yourself other questions, like, can I maintain a pace? That's a different ask of your body. That's a different ask of your brain. And so I, yeah, I wonder yeah, if I've set up expectations that, that I'm self-fulfilling in there. People ask me, oh, what's your goal time for, for whatever race? And I say, I'll know at mile 15. Because, um, and if you don't set your, and this is good, uh, at least for myself, like if if I don't set myself up for, I got to break three hours and I say, okay, if I have a good day, cause there's good days and bad days. If I have a good day, I feel, I feel strong at 15, 16. I'm not like, cause you, you know, by like 10 or 15, you know how you feel. At least I, I do. And like, so. My, I my tell people, tells yeah. me what I felt. I knew, <laughs> where did I know? You knew it. I think it I knew at mile I knew at mile 15, but I was making a valiant attempt through mile 18 because I got my mile 17, got back down to 656. So mile 14, yeah, is, is when you 14, slipped off the, uh, the, the I did the take a little bit longer there to get some water down because I was doing my salt pills and my goos. I was trying to take a goo every three and a half miles. So that that's uh, a pretty uh, that, standard by the book. Uh, you know, the wall. So they, they call yeah. it the wall, like with the marathon. And I was, I was making an attempt. And so mile 17, I got back down, but by the end of mile 18, my body was, or my brain or combination thereof was, nope, you are going to go a minute slower per mile now. 
And that's exactly what happened for the final miles. Did did you skip any goose or any um, water because I, it just felt good, like in the beginning? So for this race, I got I, I took all I took with me was I was going to take a salt pill every 30 minutes after the start. So I brought with me one, two, three, four, five salt pills, and I brought eight goos because I was planning on taking a goo every three and a half miles. And I stuck with that all the way through somewhere around like mile 20, 21. It's but good. I, I, I stuck, you stick with the plan because you don't want to start to feel hungry and out of fuel and realize well, once you feel that it's too late. I'd rather. Or you're, have, or you're so tired that you forget to follow the plan. Well, like, I had, I, I had I've plenty done, of I've calories. <laughs> and my salt, I was, and, and even with the salt too, I know that the capsules for salt pills can sometimes disagree with my stomach, especially when I'm moving at a higher intensity. So I actually crunch the salt pills and suck as much of the salt out as I can and then spit out the, uh, the cellulose capsule. Uh, and so that's, that was definitely mile 14 was a mile where a salt pill and a goo coincided, I think. And so doing both. And then I wanted to get water to wash off my hands and wash out my mouth. And that that water took a little bit of a not running because I usually take a water bottle. And so I'm not stuck to the aid station water rhythm. This time I didn't take a water bottle and getting those little cups. I forgot what what that's like grabbing a cup and trying to drink it down at that pace. So that in some parts did slow me down at times. Um, but by mile 20, 21, I knew it was like, I, I'm going to finish six miles at this pace. It wasn't an energy issue. It was uh, my hips are really stiff. And somebody were you, were you watching the time and you were just like, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm Whatever. always crunching numbers. And so yeah. then you set new goals for yourself. You're like, okay, my, my new goal became. Uh, especially in the last four miles, I just had to run a faster time than my uh, my Napa marathon time from back in March, which well, I did. Was by, I what was the Napa? <laughs> like 3.15. So I, I was three minutes better. Uh, but okay. over 26 miles, that's a, that's, that, that's a small victory. So That's a victory. It's a victory. It's in the right, it's in the right direction. It's a, I, I think it would be hard. It's a harder marathon because there's no variety like it is flat it is totally flat and then i would hate those little out and backs um and then the heat i guess but i guess it was no a, heat. a cool, no cool, heat. cool morning you could not ask for better conditions it was overcast it was um i think 55 degrees at the start and maybe 60 at the finish so perfect temperatures yeah you can see you have my oh, this is this is cool. Minutes. We're looking at race yep. analysis. Yeah, the and race so, analysis tells the whole story. And you you're see at like three, the fittest drop at mile 18. 256, 255. So this is mile five. We're at three three hours. Uh, let's jump to mile 10. We're at three hours. Mile 15, we're at 304. Uh, mile 14, we're at 305. That's okay. And then... Mile 20, we're at 310, 311, 
twenty five, three twelve. Yeah. 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 So, you could you could see it right there. Eighteen. Let 18. me ask you this though. What was your first marathon time? Oh man. I was thinking about that as we looked started looking at your results. So the Buzz Marathon in San Miguel was and I think it was like three sixteen, three eighteen. How old um, were you and what year was this? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's in the 2000s. Um, I want to say uh, I had just gotten back. So it was 2004, maybe 2003, maybe probably 2004. I, I, it's probably not even online anymore. So it's called the San Miguel Buzz Marathon, and it's like this army base, and they have this out and back, and it's like a out half marathon back half marathon and there's like 100 people that did it and i was i just had i was it's youth right i was in my 20s so like what place I were could, you i i bet you were probably, oh, i was like you were second high. or third i, yeah, I was know. gonna say you 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 were uh <laughs> there's those military guys you, all, all your marine buddies were were, were running no it? it was no no it was no marine it was, but i knew it through the military like it okay. was like advertised so like um yeah it was, it was an army base too and i'm, I'm marines but like yeah okay. so san miguel buzz marathon um i didn't have a very fast time but most of the people competing weren't super run like elite runners um it was and then i came back i think i did that race like three times like in three years uh i don't i, I got it down you know i think i cut about six minutes off it's like 310 so when you go out and run a marathon, especially like if you're going to focus and I'm going to try to run through this. Oh, but let me back up. I was running a very fast half because it was all town. Oh, sure. and all my you, runs you, were like, it, all my totally. runs were like five, six miles and I wasn't training for a marathon. And so totally. I, would, I would go out to do like a 250 and then I'd blow up and. <laughs> yeah. But you, what I'm saying is you, the, the young you and the old you probably depending on you know how the day goes or you know how rested you are are probably going to get very similar results because so you, your first marathon you say 316 318 and if i said andy go run a marathon this weekend and you're like i haven't trained just just go run a marathon and you know finish as fast as you can right now you're probably going to run somewhere in the front half of the three hours rather than the back half of the three hours especially mm-hmm. if it's a flat course and i'm looking at my own race history i can't count the first marathon i did because that was trails and the headlands it was all hills up and down mm-hmm. but the first road marathon i did uh which was a few months after that it was the san francisco marathon in 2005 and i ran a 318 that was my first road marathon not trying to know what i was doing and i was you know training but i was also training for an Ironman. and coming back to like most road marathons I come somewhere somewhere within that. So it's it's interesting thinking like, okay, the me of almost 20 years ago and the me of now are still getting similar results. And one way I can look at that is, oh, I still haven't learned yet. But the other way I look at this, wow, I'm still, my fitness is still what it was when I was much younger. I'm getting the same results and I can still achieve something in a sense that, you know, most people are going to jump in there looking to try to finish. 
I'm not trying to say that to make myself feel better about not achieving, you know, a goal of like, I wanted to run three hours or something like that. Um, but I'm just like, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I want to make sure I can still get out and run and run how I've always been running um, and do it, you know, in a healthy way. So that's, you know, why I was, I, I came across and I wasn't like, oh my God, everything fell apart. I was like, this is what I had today. And uh, would have been nice to run a little bit faster. I was thinking, okay, can I squeeze in another sub three marathon before I turn 40? Um, no, but I certainly hope there's another sub three in my legs sometime in the future. You got it. You know, Frank Rona, who's like a legend marathoner, um, and he's he's like a track track. He does the track on Tuesdays for like a decade. I did I, almost a decade. More two I, decades almost. Yeah, but I, well, I showed up for like a, a decade, and when COVID hit, I kind of stopped doing that and I changed things up. But like Frank was um, the reason I'm thinking of Frank was he didn't hit his fastest marathon until he was 47. 47. And, I was trying to think. I remember you told me it was like 44, 47, something like that. So it's 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 um in the 40s usually for I mean not not the super elite but just you know because same in the triathlon yeah. world too it's like you see people you know they they learn I guess you got to do more distance and mm-hmm. diligence rather than just get out there and go based on speed and talent and that's what people told me when I started doing these endurance events. Um, it is interesting to note, though, that like when I started doing the the ultras, I felt like I was the one of the very few people in their twenties that was actually running in any of the ultra races. Whereas now I feel I'm not even well, I'm 40 very soon, but I feel like there's a lot more people younger than I am now, and so it's becoming more of a popular thing instead of. The, the routine go from college running to then start running half marathons and marathons. There's a lot more younger people jumping into trail 50 Ks. Um, people in their early 20s, maybe people in college, because I think people have realized that a trail 50 K isn't, oh, isn't yeah, going totally to agree. destroy your short distance fast running. And I think that was the messaging from a lot of, uh, like college coaches, once you can no longer run a 5K or no longer run a marathon, then go on to run the ultras. And it's actually, <laughs> no, that's not going to break you for those short distances. Oh. We can actually be very beneficial and symbiotic. And it's making them much more competitive. But I also think it's kind of cool to see that it's becoming more of an uh, established and okay thing to do across all swaths of runners. I totally agree. I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Uh, good good yeah. chat. Anything you want to add, John? I I, ho- I hope I can get my, my 40 mile in for my, my 40th. Uh, I, I want to I wanna, um, look on Strava and you'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to do that too. Um, but I will. Uh, it's on Sunday. I'll, I'll do something on Sunday. I'm going out on I'll Sunday do, for that. I'll do a long run on Sunday just in in, in uh, support. All right, man. All right. Let's see. How do I stop this uh, thing? Thanks, everybody.